Before we start the show, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Their support keeps this show free for you. Hello, Peace and Parenting listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters tranquility and connection? Enter HomeThreads, your partner in designing a peaceful haven. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture crafted for families who prioritize peace and harmony. From cozy family lounges to mindful decor, our pieces are designed to enhance your journey in peaceful parenting, all at the best value. Cozy home-cooked meals are one way I get connected to my kids. At HomeThreads, they have all the best cookware. The Staub pan I use to make these great connective meals is easy to use and clean and can go from stovetop to oven, making it very versatile. Visit homethreads.com forward slash peace and get a code for 15% off your first order today and transform your home into a sanctuary of common connection. Because peaceful parenting starts at home, Home Threads love where you live. Remember to use our unique URL to get your discount and let the brand know where you came from. Visit homethreads.com forward slash peace today and get a 15% off code for your first order. We are having our first live workshop in a private Facebook group, and it's all about how to stop yelling at your kids. And it really is just how to be calm in the moment. And we're going to work on our childhood stuff, too. We're going to dive into a little bit of world of journaling. And so it will be live in this Facebook group, but it will be then recorded and you can watch it later. If you can't make it on November 9th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can watch it later for the following week. And then I'm going to take all my slides and turn them into to a PDF and give those to people um, so they can have those in perpetuity so that you can just like refer back to it because I'm going to give you all my in the moment tips and tricks, everything that I've learned since this parenting journey about how to really stay calm and not yell because yelling is my trigger, but it can be used for anything. It's just about like staying calm and being present. So that will be, um, there's a link, we'll link it here and you guys can buy tickets for that. November 9th, right? 10 to 12. Yep, don't 10. miss it, you guys. She works so hard for all of us. Thanks, Gemma. <laughs> when our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. Hi guys, we're back for another episode of the Peace in Parenting podcast. I'm here with Michelle and we're going to talk about helicopterism today. Hi Gemma, you said it right. I did. Helicopterism. <laughs> I think we made that up or somebody did. <laughs> Helicopterism, helicopterism. (laughs) We got it. it. Yes, (sighs) helicopterism. It is an actual, I believe it's an actual thing in my mind. Um, And I think the the overarching idea is that we kind of do everything for our kids. We're kind of hovering around like a helicopter, you know, making sure this is done right or that is done right or they have what they need or they're, you know, they're doing everything just perfectly or not perfectly or I don't know kind of, you know, how to explain it, but I feel like it's just a hovering. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a part, uh, it's a way of control. We're trying to control the situation. We're trying to manage it. We're trying to control our kids. And we're not controlling with punishments, bribes, threats, or whatever, but 
it can also be included, but we're controlling with our presence, just being there and making sure every nuance of what's happening with our child is measured. And so I think getting away from that and saying, we're going to be the coach and we're going to come along and support the endeavors that our kids are doing, but we're not going to be completely hands off. We're going to be present, but we also let them live their lives. Let them make mistakes. Let them explore the world around them. And I think that's kind of what helicopterism is to me. Yeah. And I didn't even know this was a thing before I had a kid. I just saw people at the park and I'm like, oh, look, they're following their kid around everywhere. And now that I've been through two kids, I watch and I'm like, oh, that poor mom. Yeah, it's tiring. It's exhausting. Yes. And I think it goes it goes really um well with rye. And I, I didn't do rye, but I if had I known better, I probably would have. What is rye? And I don't know. Rye is just a method where you kind of let your kids explore and you don't pick them up too much and you um you let them kind of fall and fail and figure things out physically mostly when they're really, really tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think had I known better, I probably would have followed that methodology. I know a lot of people do and they really like it, but I think it's it, it's along those lines. It's, when they're really little, it's saying, okay, can I let them climb up the slide? And can I kind of be at the bottom, but not be too you know, hypervigilant about them falling or not falling and let them maybe fall a few times, let them go up the stairs, not hold their hand all the time at the park, just kind of letting them be more explorative. Is that a word? Yeah. I mean, we're making up all kinds of words. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're going with it. I was like a really huge offender of this though, because now I see Caleb will tell Jonah like, don't do that, Joey, because if you do that, then you could fall and then mama will have to get a bandaid. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I treated him instead of, and Caleb's so timid and Jonah's the opposite where he's like, yeah, he'll yeah. jump off anything. He doesn't care. But Caleb, I just held back from so much because of my own fear, I think. Well, that's it. I think there's some anxiety that comes up for us. Yeah. There's this like we're trying to temper our own anxiety fears, our own whatever's going on for us. We really try to temper it by controlling our kids, because if something goes wrong for them, it might be very disruptive for us. And that's where we can't manage. And so it's our issue really that's happening where we're really trying to temper our own anxiety. And the way in which we're doing that is trying to make the environment perfect. That's what I never understood is how Caleb got my anxiety. I'm like, how did I pass that on? I hide that from him. I never showed him that I was anxious, but I did. I totally did. I just didn't know that that was the way I was doing it. We don't know. I wasn't a big controller in this way. I was more of the punisher controller. But I've seen and worked with a lot of people who, you know, they hover in a way that they think they're going to make it better for them. But in actuality, it makes everything worse Mm -hmm. because our kids get nervous and anxiety and it doesn't really fix our anxiety. And then there's no space for feelings either. That's the other part where we're making everything okay so that our kids don't necessarily have their feelings around things. They aren't going to fall down and cry because we're not going to allow that because we're not going to let them to fall down. But it's okay to fall down and cry and to be heard and to be listened to. And I think that's part of where I I was an offender is that I didn't want to listen to anybody's feelings. That was going to dysregulate me. That was going to push me over the edge. So I would do anything I could do to keep people quiet. I just did it in a different way. Yeah. You know, I did it in the punishing, bribing, threatening way. And other people do it in the like helicopter. I'm going to make sure everything is okay way. 
Um, I think the helicopter is a less offensive way than the punishment <laughs> way. It but looks like you're doing, doing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't need to pass judgment. Yeah. But it is avoiding feelings. It really is. I used to always call my mom overprotective, but I think that's basically what helicopter is because now my brother's, oh gosh, I don't know, 25 or 26, and he still lives at home and he's just having a really hard time launching into his adult life. And I just think it's because he was her baby and like, you know, and no fault to her. Like she just loved him, but just no. like, it's like the puppy, like you got to let the puppy go or puppy can't breathe. Yeah. The puppy won't be able to breathe yeah. is exactly right. And I think that's it too. If we are the authority on everything and if our kids are constantly coming to us because we're fixing everything for them and we're doing everything for them, they don't rely on themselves. They don't rely on that internal resiliency because they haven't failed, because they haven't had that opportunity to fail and then rise from the ashes and say, okay, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to do better because their parents have made it in a way that they're not going to fail. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just kick myself so much now because I did that to Caleb to the point where like, if it's between two things, he can't choose. He honestly cannot yeah. rely on himself. He's like, I don't know. I got to ask mom, what color? What should I do? And I'm like, whatever you feel, bud. Like, and I, it is actually, we're working on it. We're reversing it now and I'm seeing him get more confident, but it's really hard to change mm -hmm. that dynamic when you set it up from birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really hard because I had a client whose parent, who um, child said to her, she came home one day, she was a freshman in high school and she came home and she's had a really big problem. And the, the parent was really trying to work on like, you know, having the kid have resiliency. And so she came home and she had this big problem and she was really trying to stay listen. The mom was, and then the daughter looked at her and she goes, but what are you going to do about it? How are you going to fix it? <laughs> and the mom finally just said, and this was so good of her. She goes, I'm not, you're going to do it. You're going to fix it. You're going to find out how to the best path is to get this situation fixed. And I know you can do it. And I think that's the essence of not being a helicopter parent is to say, you can do this. You got this. I'm going to be here with you while you do your school project. I'm not going to nitpick every little sentence and whatever and tell you what you should correct and tell you what you should do so you can do it perfectly. I'm going to be here to be your guide and your coach and whatever, but I'm not going to fix it. And if you see your kid he headed for failure, if you see them like going down a path where they're not they're not doing OK, sometimes it's OK to just sit back and let them fail. You know, if it's you've said so hard, really hard, really hard. And there's a balance. There's a balance between, you know, letting them fail. But with your support being like, I'll be here to help you if you want to do it, but not, you know, nagging them and making them and kind of doing it for them. And then there's the, you know, just totally hands off where I'm like, oh, you got to do it. I'm not going to be there for you, which is a little bit. There's a happy medium of being the coach, I think, as opposed to being the hoverer. Right. This is one thing. Um about my in-laws with my husband, they, I actually hate this saying, but his dad would always say to him, I'm going to give you enough rope to hang yourself. And so <laughs> they were like very, very mm -hmm. hands off. Like he could do whatever. But then when he messed up, they were like immediately they were there. Like we got yeah. you, but it's your mess. And yeah, that's really hard for me because I was the opposite where my parents were involved in everything, helped me with everything. Like I didn't really know anything when I got into the real world. <laughs> Dan well, had yeah. to teach me everything. Yeah, that's hard. It's really hard because you haven't built that resiliency part. Yeah. 
When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Have you tried Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals? Yes, you heard me. No cooking, no prepping, and no cleanup, making eating better every day easy. These no-prep, no-mess meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. Plus, there are over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Ditch the meal prep today. Get started and have a week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash peace50 and use code peace50 to get 50% off. That's code peace50 at factormeals.com slash peace50 to get 50% off. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we overpraise, we keep saying like, good job or, you know, um, that was a great performance and that our kids are relying on us to validate how they feel Mm -hmm. as opposed to just internally feeling good about what's going on with them. So instead of saying that kind of stuff, we can say, Oh, how'd you feel about your game? Mm -hmm. What was your, what, what's your favorite highlight? You know, Mm -hmm. how, how was it? How did it feel to finish that big project at school and really having them think, I don't know if this is, on the same, I think it's on the same lines, but my husband, wherever we go, he always asks them, did you have fun? And I'm like, Dan, <laughs> it doesn't matter if they had fun or not. Like, Cause you better say yes. Cause if not, <laughs> we're not let's going again. Let them have the experience that they wanted to have, you know, but like, yeah. it's so important to him that they have fun. Yeah. I get that though. Like you, you know, you want your kids to have fun. Yeah. But yeah. it's also okay not to, is what I always try to tell Caleb. Like if school wasn't fun today, I'm sorry, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, and it's perseverance too. It's like, okay, maybe it isn't going to be fun today and tomorrow, but someday you're going to have a good day. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Like just to keep trying and keep going and keep pushing through. And that's learning really good foundations for being an adult. (laughs) A lot of adults don't have that. Well, what do you think about when Caleb, so when he finishes school, I'm always like, I'm so proud of you for doing something that was so hard for you today because he cries at drop off. Is that, yeah. the, is that helicoptery? Well, the, the thing with it is, is <laughs> I can that, tell by your voice. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. Nick, so, I'm done with that. No, no, actually, I think it's a good question because I think other people will be asking the same thing. What happens when you don't give him the praise? Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily think it's helicopter, but I think it's like, then he, if he doesn't get the praise, then he's like, oh, because at some point it's going to be he'll be okay, right? He'll be able to come home and it it won't be such a big deal. And so you'll probably stop saying that. And then it's like, maybe he'll feel bad that he isn't getting the praise. I think it's so fun to ask kids questions. Yeah. And the one question though I do avoid is how was school? (laughs) That one I do avoid. But, um, and also just maybe not asking anything. And just letting it be. Yeah, they'll tell you. Yeah. Pia doesn't like to talk after school. And I noticed on um, 
Tuesday, Wednesday, her sister stayed after school late. And so I just picked Pia up and I was really quiet because Esme usually just talks the entire ride home like, oh, and so and so I did this and such and such and blah, blah, blah. And she'll give you like a whole litany of everything that happened at school academically and socially <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Pia's silent. So she was in the car by herself and she was really quiet. And then about five minutes in, she goes, Oh, mom, guess what we did in social studies. And I'm like, Oh, what, you know, so she just needed space. And sometimes they'll tell you at seven o'clock at night about something if we just give them time to process. I don't know. I think sometimes just letting them come to you. Jonah never spoke a word until Caleb went to preschool. And then we were like, Oh, hello, you can talk. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Who are you? He told me last night on the ride home from dance, she goes, Esme takes up so much room. Oh. I said, I know. I'm sorry, baby. She has a big personality. <laughs> so we have this long drive home from dance. So it's kind of nice to have that space. And I think that's, you know, that's another good testament to special time. Why they need their, their own yes. space. And it should be one-on-one. So we should, li- we'll link our special time guide to this again. Because yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a okay, good one. So how do you start from... Day one, like you have a baby, how do you not fall into the helicopter trap? You know, because it's like at first you have to literally give them everything. Yeah, right, right. So that is a really hard transition. I think for me, I was always worried they were going to get hurt. Yeah, me too. And they really are pretty tough. And little tiny falls and and things are okay. And I think um, letting them explore, you know, and not like swooping them up when they're when they're walking toward something that's dangerous, not necessarily like swooping in and getting them away from it, maybe like moving yourself in between and, you know, getting connected with them in that moment instead of like swooping up and pulling them away as toddlers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think letting them, you know, letting them kind of take some minor falls, you know, falling on their butt when they're trying to, to walk. And I would say also stay away from all the praise. I hear a lot of people say, Oh, good job. You walked, which is so sweet. Cause it is like, we're like, Oh, so excited. So that they walked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to like, not, you know, not necessarily pass judgment on it. Cause is it good? Or it's just developmental. They're doing it. And for us as parents, it's super exciting. Um, but I think to try to get those good jobs and positive reinforcement kind of out, you can still use, you know, some of it is good. Um, and just being a good model as a person and, and, you know, always talking about, like, I always tell them how hard I'm working and, you know, um, that I would, I'll never stop spreading the parenting message and that I'm really into it. And like, just talking about how I persevere and keep doing and how I went from a teacher to doing this and how, you know, I, I won't, I won't stop doing the things that I like to do, even if it gets hard. Oh, that's a good one. I need to be better about that. Cause I'm the, I like won't even go down the kids slide. Cause I'm like, Nope, I don't like this feeling. I'm not doing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's getting out of your own comfort zone around that stuff too. Yeah. And having, you know, having respect for yourself. And I think especially as a woman and a mom and an entrepreneur and a, a, you know, someone who works, I think that it's good for our kids to see us in that light as strong, you know, individuals who can persevere and do good in this world. I think I did that with babysitters. I didn't show them that it was okay. You know, I was so like, you've got to do this and here's your list and make sure that this happens. And then I would like call the time and it just like needed to be like, 
he's going to be okay. If he cries mm-hmm. for two hours, he's with mm-hmm. somebody that's taking care of him. It's going to be mm-hmm. okay. But I, until now, like truly maybe like six months ago, I could not do that. Like I just could not accept yeah. that they would be okay, but <laughs> they're not going to die from crying in their babysitter's no. arms. Like, no, they're not. And yeah. And I think that's, part of it too is just realizing they are resilient Mm -hmm. little people and we can help them build that resiliency or we can the other part of it is if you're always afraid and nervous you're going to make them always afraid and nervous and we don't want to make yeah we don't want to make them afraid and nervous so if you're scared for them to have their feelings around things too then you're then you're saying oh your feelings aren't okay because i'm mommy or daddy's scared of them so i'm going to do whatever i can do to keep you from having your feelings. So then the kid internalizes, oh, maybe these aren't good things to have. Mm -hmm. And then when they do have them, it's monumental. And so it becomes, you know, unmanageable for the parent who can't listen and to the kid who's who's internalizing that the parent can't listen. So instead coming with empathy and saying, I understand it's okay. You don't have to be afraid of your feelings. I'm right here. I'm going to stay with you the entire time. I won't leave you. That's very big being able to do that. It also, yeah. when you said they're their own little person made me think of, um, I almost said her name. I'm not going to say her name. My really good friend who <laughs> tries to help me. She's a little bit older than me. So she has really good advice and she's also really spiritual. So she phrases it as God, but she's like, these aren't your kids. These are God's kids. But you could also just say, they're their own people and she yeah like, whatever happens to them isn't up to you like it's not they're not yours to control and to own you have to let them yeah live. yeah dr shafali talks a lot about that how it's like this is their journey you cannot experience your life through your children yes you have to let them experience theirs and you experience yours Now, I think your kids bring you to a lot of good places if you let them. You know, my kids helped me move out of perfectionism. They helped me move out of control. They helped me move out of being unkind. And so you can learn stuff from them, but it's like it's their journey. And if they if things happen that we're not so happy about, it's okay. So be it. Yeah, it's just hard to do. It's hard to accept. It is. Journal out and journal about it. (laughs) Well, that's a good one, right? We talked about in the self-care episodes all about journaling. And um, I think it does. It helps you move through your feelings around your own, your own upsets, your own triggers, your own childhood. Isn't that like if your parents were helicoptery, you probably will be because I am and Dan's not. And I don't know if that's because of how you're raised. Or you go the opposite way. I've seen parents go the complete opposite where they're like, I'm totally hands off because my mom was all over me. Yeah. And so you try to go the total opposite, but there's a happy medium. But nonetheless, your childhood is affecting your parenting Mm -hmm. always. It doesn't matter your past, you know, because that is that was your first model as a parent. So you internalize it one way or another. Mm hmm. Yeah, I got to work on this one. I'm going to journal on this some more, but I am getting better. I'm letting them get bloody lips and skin knees. You're great. (laughs) You're doing great. And it's all a process. It It really is. It's all a process. I mean, I'm I'm the yeller and I'm still working on it, really working on it. It's not easy. I'm going to start having panic attacks when they start driving. That's when my real helicopter moments are going to come out. Well, I'm going to be such a helicopter that no one's driving. Uh, we'll just take a helicopter wherever we need to go. <laughs> and I think that's not acceptable, but I don't want anyone driving in LA. That's for oh sure. Gosh, that's insane. Yeah. 
Even here, Portland's becoming LA also, the traffic. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, more, join we'll our Facebook. I was going to say yeah, on can, Facebook. Yeah, join our Facebook. Our little Facebook private group is so sweet. And we have such great people in there. Gemma's in there. And we, we talk all about our parenting struggles. And we get to rant. So people come join People are so us. supportive in there. Everybody uh-huh. has something nice to say. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't even need to be here. People yeah. take <laughs> no, over. You do, I love, really. I love it. It's so great. So join us there. Find us on Instagram, um, Peace and Parenting, and um, my website is peaceandparentingla.com. And just uh, review and give us a rating. Yes. That was like, great yeah. review. Subscribe. We'll post the or I'll link the special time, time. on here. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe hey. the journal stuff too. I don't know. Yeah, there's a the there's a journaling piece attached to one of my blogs. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it on here. Okay, good. Okay. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you.